Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. We led into the program today with the very haunting, beautiful melody from the Byzantine Catholic Church. It is a melody that is set to the words of Psalm 136 by the waters of Babylon. This was the psalm, the words that the Jewish people sang when they were in captivity in Babylon. And the psalm says that As their captors told them to sing, the Jewish people responded, we cannot sing as long as we are in exile away from our home. And this chant, this Waters of Babylon, that you just heard a little bit of, it is sung actually two weeks before Lent actually begins in the Byzantine Catholic Church. We begin to sing it on the Sunday of the Prodigal Son, which is one of the preparatory Sundays leading up to Lent. Lent in the Byzantine calendar actually begins today, actually this evening, with the Lenten Vesper service, the service of forgiveness. Today is what we call cheese fair, or the Sunday of forgiveness. Cheese fair meaning we now give up all dairy products. Last week, we gave up all meat products. Now we give up all dairy products, and we have the theme of forgiveness. 
and during the Vesper service this evening, as we begin Lent, we will actually ask forgiveness of one another and of everyone. We start in the church, and then we take that request for forgiveness to our families or to anyone we would like. First and foremost, of course, we're asking God for forgiveness because we have begun now that great season of repentance, the flowering of repentance, the great fast. This week is so incredibly rich, I almost don't know where to begin, especially within the limits of this program. But we can begin by mentioning that, as I said, first of all, we begin Lent this evening with the Vesper service, the Vespers of Forgiveness. Now, the theme there, in addition to forgiveness, is the theme of the expulsion of Adam from paradise, which is yet another name for this Sunday and for this Vesper service. In fact, during the service, we actually take the posture standing outside the icon screen, which represents the gates of heaven. That's that marvelous wall that separates the sanctuary from the nave in many Eastern churches. And it's richly decorated with icons, has three sets of doors. And that becomes then symbolic of the gates of paradise, where Adam and Eve were expelled because of original sin. And so Adam and Eve stand outside the gates of paradise, outside of that relationship that they once had of harmony with God, with each other, with all creation, and they knock to be led back in. So we take on the posture of Adam and Eve as we knock to be allowed back in to paradise and to that original harmony with God. And we do that through the liturgy of the church, through this Vesper service, this forgiveness Vesper, the expulsion of Adam from paradise. Tomorrow, then, begins the strict fast, no meat or dairy products for 40 days. And the 40 days are marked starting today, this evening, all the way through to one week before the resurrection, one week before Pascha or Easter. That's numbering in the Eastern churches. In the Latin rites, a little bit different numbering. The week before Easter, in other words, Great Week or Holy Week, Week of the Bridegroom, as we call it. We always have several names for these things. <laughs> That week is considered a separate fast, and actually it's one of the most ancient fasts, the week before resurrection. The 40 days actually came a little bit later, so it's actually two fasts, which seem like one, but it's actually two separate ones. Then through this week, there are many rich services that we will celebrate, all having great themes, deep themes of repentance. The first one up will be the great canon of St. Andrew of Crete. Now, this is a very rich, lengthy service, which basically takes us through the entire scripture of every instance of repentance and reconciliation from the Old Testament all the way through to the New Testament. This service will be done its entirety on the Thursday of the fifth week of Lent, which will be March 15th this year. But this first week of Lent, we divide it up into four parts so that each evening for the first four days of this week, we will be celebrating some portion of the great canon of St. Andrew of Crete. So I want to give you an example of this canon, some of the words and how it takes you through the scripture. Here are some of the verses David once multiplied the gravity of his sins, adding murder to adultery, but he immediately showed a double repentance, and you, O my soul, have done even worse without repenting before God. Now, the verses are basically that length, and after each one, we do a prostration, which means we go all the way to the ground, touch on our foreheads to the ground. If we can't do that, we do what is called a profound bow. But notice the wording. It mentions an instance in the Old Testament, as I said before. In this case, it's David. But then it always says, and you, O my soul, have done even worse. 
without repenting before God. In other words, we make a reference to ourselves that we're identifying with these persons and events in the Scripture. In other words, we become that. And that's always something very important to remember about Scripture. When we go to church and hear the Scriptures being read, or if we read them ourselves, we always have to remember that the Scriptures are not just a history lesson. Yes, they have historical significance. However, the Scriptures are us. It is our experience. And in Lent, during the Lenten season, the liturgy and the prayers, all of the customs are meant to bring the scriptures to us in a way that is very, very much alive, really to immerse ourselves in it. Lent is basically our biblical experience. We enter into the experience of the Jewish people wandering the desert for 40 years, hoping to come to the promised land. That is our experience. It's a metaphor for the spiritual journey. And we do wander around, don't we? We wander around our own depression, despair, disappointment, anger, bitterness, envy, all those fallen passions. We do wander around in varying degrees. So in a sense, we are in exile, which is another reason why we sing this chant by the waters of Babylon. Here's another verse from St. Andrew of Crete. When the Ark of the Covenant was being carried on a chariot and the oxen began to slip, Uzzah placed his hand upon the Holy Ark, and for this single gesture, he incurred the wrath of God. Do not imitate his boldness, O my soul, but treat the holy things with respect. Let's listen for a moment to the sound of the chant of this great canon of St. Andrew of Crete that is prayed during the first week of Lent and again in its entirety during the fifth week of Lent. In addition to the great canon of St. Andrew of Crete, there will be in most Byzantine churches during Lent on Wednesdays and Fridays. Now, you can do this every weekday during Lent, but most parishes do it on Wednesday and Friday evenings. It's called the Liturgy of the Presanctified Gifts. Within that liturgy, there is a beautiful prayer, simple prayer. You know, all things that are profound, all things that are of truth are actually simple, not simplistic and not easy but simple. A great saint of the church, Saint Ephraim, he's a Syrian, wrote many beautiful hymns and prayers to our Lord. And one of his most famous is the one that we say during the pre-sanctified liturgy. Now, we can say this actually during any service during Lent or any time personally throughout the day, but it is ensconced in the pre-sanctified liturgy, which again is celebrated in most parishes Wednesday and Friday evenings at Annunciation Parish We invite you to come and experience it. It occurs at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays and Fridays during Lent. The St. Ephraim prayer 
is just three simple verses. Lord and Master of my life, spare me from the spirit of indifference, despair, lust for power, and idle chatter. Then we do a prostration. We come back up and do the second verse. Instead, bestow on me your servant, the spirit of integrity, humility, patience, and love. Prostration again. And finally, Yes, O Lord and King, let me see my own sins and not judge my brothers and sisters, for you are blessed forever and ever. Amen. We're going to talk more about this very rich and exciting and meaningful first week of Lent in the Byzantine Church when we return. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion, and to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at ByzantineCatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you... You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. It's no secret that Father Loya and other speakers from the Tabor Life Institute are available to speak at your parish or group on marriage and family topics seen through the lens of St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Other topics include Eastern Christian spirituality and the significance of art in the church. The Tabor Life Institute can arrange for marriage encounters, parish missions, and can help your parish facilitate teen faith formation in either English or Spanish. For Father Loya and other speakers, contact the Tabor Life Institute by writing to taborlife at earthlink.net. That's Tabor spelled T-A-B-O-R life at earthlink.net. Welcome back to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. You're hearing a little bit more of the beautiful, haunting, repentant sound of the chant for 
the great canon of St. Andrew of Crete. Again, that is celebrated each night during this week in the Byzantine calendar for the first four nights of the first week of Lent, and again on the fifth week of Lent during the Thursday night of the fifth week of Lent, which this year will be March 15th. You are most welcome to come and experience it, experience this unique gem, this jewel of Eastern spirituality, Eastern liturgical spirituality. As I mentioned, it immerses us, and I use that term very purposefully, it immerses us in the Scripture, so that the Scripture becomes us. We even say during the verses, and you, my soul, we're always talking to our own soul, our own self, after we've made a reference to some event or person in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. But we left off talking about the presanctified liturgy. Now, it's called presanctified because it means just that. It is the reception of the Eucharist that has already been consecrated at a liturgy during the weekend. In the Eastern tradition, we do not celebrate the divine liturgy, or as the Latin rite would know it, the Mass, because its Eucharistic content has a resurrectional character to it, a very strongly resurrectional character. So we dispense that temporarily during the week, but we still need to receive the body of Christ to get us through the rigors of Lent, the repentance. In other words, repentance just isn't all dark and dour. <laughs> it's actually, as and this is why we call Lent oftentimes, the bright sadness. Notice the two complementary words. Because as we repent, we open ourselves up to greater joy because we become, through repentance, more and more of our real authentic selves. So we receive the Holy Eucharist, the body of Christ, through this pre-sanctified liturgy. Now, this liturgy is made up of Basically, it's an evening service with Holy Communion, but it's very elaborate. It's very complex, very beautiful, very deep and rich. And it includes readings, three readings from the Old Testament. The Presanctified Liturgy actually has a very ancient history to it. Some scholars believe it actually came from the Pope, Pope Gregory, centuries and centuries ago. That is not unanimous among scholars, but that is one indication of where it may have come from. It exists in a similar form in its own way, though, in the Latin Rite Church on Good Friday. In many Latin Rite churches, the Eucharist itself is not celebrated on Good Friday, but there is the reception of Eucharist. So it's a very similar concept in the East. We don't celebrate Eucharist, but we still receive the body and blood of Christ. Moving through this week, we will come then to the weekend. And the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, is a time of what we call a mitigated or a mitigation of the rigors of the fast. It's not a complete dispensing of them. It's just a bit of a softening, and we bring in a little bit more of a tone of joy. During the week, we should all be really involved in the rigors of repentance and fasting, being very mindful of our sinfulness with the prayer of St. Ephraim, St. Andrew of Crete, the Presanctified Liturgy, the readings, so many things that help us to come to know what real repentance is. But on the weekend, we lighten up a bit, and on the first Saturday of Lent, we have the commemoration of the miracle of the great martyr Theodore. I'm going to explain that by referring to a great classic, a book we've used many times over the years in Light of the East, and that is the classic Lenten Trodian edited by Archbishop Callistus Timothy Ware. 
And in the book, he explains the commemoration of the miracle of the great martyr Theodore. Archbishop Callistus Ware says this, According to the tradition recorded in the Synaxarian, now that's the book that comments historically and spiritually on each day of the liturgical calendar, the saint of the day or the event. So the tradition in the Synaxarian, according to that, the Emperor Julian the Apostate, as part of his campaign against the Christians, and this is going back in the 4th century, attempted to defile their observance of the first week of Lent by ordering all the food for sale in the market of Constantinople to be sprinkled with blood from pagan sacrifices. St. Theodore then appeared in a dream to Eudoxius, archbishop of the city, ordering him to warn his flock against buying anything from the market. Instead, so the saint told him, they should boil wheat, which is called Coliva, and eat this alone. So in memory of this event... After the pre-sanctified liturgy on the first Friday, a canon of intercession is sung to St. Theodore and a dish of Kaliva is blessed in his honor. But quite apart from this historical association of the great martyr Theodore with the first week of the fast, it is also spiritually appropriate that he should be commemorated during these days. The great fast is a season of unseen warfare, of invisible martyrdom, when by our ascetic dying to sin, we seek to emulate the self offering of the martyrs. That is why, in addition to such commemorations as that of St. Theodore on the first Saturday, there are also regular hymns to the martyrs on all the weekdays of Lent. Their example has a special significance for us in our ascetic efforts during the great 40 days. During this time, as I mentioned, we abstain from meat and dairy products, but abstinence is a means to an end. It's a way of increasing our ability to pray and Both prayer and fasting also have a purpose. They are geared towards allowing us to become more charitable. Remember the trilogy, faith, hope, and love. In the end, it is love that remains. Because when you get to heaven and you're with God, you don't need faith and hope anymore because you already have God. You don't have to hope for him anymore. You are with God. And so what remains is love, charity. So everything leads up to that. All the repentance, all the ascetical disciplines, all the practice of the virtues, all the prayer, the liturgy, the fasting, it all leads up to helping us to become ultimately people of deeper and deeper and greater and more authentic love, of charity. We cannot pray when we are cluttered. Our soul is cluttered or distracted. We can't pray well. We can pray to an extent, but not very well. We want to pray well. Prayer unites us with God, unites us with our true selves, our inner self. Prayer is the one thing that we will take with us into the next life. That's the only thing, really. Think about it. The next life, heaven, is often described as the ongoing liturgy. where All the angels and saints are gathered together, beholding the very face of God, united with God, united in the life of the Trinity, praising God in the endless liturgy of heaven. So prayer is the only thing that we will take with us into the next life. But prayer, for it to be focused, we need to diminish the things that distract us, that kind of weaken that prayer. And that's why prayer goes together with fasting. Remember, when we talk about fasting, we're talking about not just for food. That is a physical preparation that is supposed to strengthen us spiritually. So our fasting really is from uncharity, from the vices, from the evil 
and fallen thoughts and intentions and our transgressions, our infirmities, anything that was never meant to be but came into existence because of original sin, which we all have inherited. So the fasting is a way of breaking the bonds of those things, freeing us from the tyranny of these fallen passions. The passions are not bad. Hunger is not bad. Hunger is good. Our desire for union and love is not bad. It is good. It's just that these things all have a fallen side to them. In order to overcome that, we need the disciplines of fasting, which then opens us up to a more authentic or pure prayer. And both of these things together then transform us into that person who is more authentic, more charitable. It's a rich week, and I want to invite you to come to Annunciation Parish in Homer Glen, Illinois. Come and experience throughout, not just this week, but throughout all of Lent. Come and experience our Lenten observance. You can find out about our schedule by going to our website, byzantinecatholic.com. You'll see all the great things that are happening there, including class that I'll be teaching, brief classes during the Presanctified Liturgy on Wednesday. And it will be a class in commemoration of the 50th anniversary of the great document by Pope Paul VI, Humanae Vitae. So come and learn something about what the church has to say, what it really has to say about its teaching on the human person and natural family planning. I want to thank you for listening. I am Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit byzantinecatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit byzantinecatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Why do we need Catholic Radio? Because not everybody is sitting in front of a computer or watching their television set at home. How about when driving to work? Catholic Radio is there for you. I may be a Catholic priest, but I'm still a student of the faith. And Catholic Radio helps supply good material, whether it be a question and answer format show, whether it be a show itself on doctrine or theology. I myself, as a priest, am always learning. Father Wade thinks Catholic Radio is important. So should you. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road. 
Homer Glen, Illinois, or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh.